previously on the Simply Human Podcast. <laughs> what? I started making fart noises, and it was just me and her on the line. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it's episode 188. How are you, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Actually, that's. I think I just. I'm gonna use that. We're, we've started. That's me starting the show. Use it. I'm. A- I'm. I am angered. <laughs> if we may recall the spaghetti story. <laughs> <laughs> Please uh, briefly retell the story for those who are new. I got really mad, and I went outside. When you were newly married, new, like a week, ma- like not even a week married, and I had pasta. And I went, and Jen, like, I was like, grab my pasta, and went outside, and I ate it like a fucking <laughs> Like, ate it with my hands, and Jen opened the door to, like, see if I was okay, and I had, like, realized the ridiculousness of what I was doing, and I came back to the door right as she opened it, and she, and she thought it was blood all over my face, and she thought I had, like, gone outside and, like, like <laughs> cut my wrist or something. <laughs> That is your favorite story. We have a guest on today's show. Oh, we do. I guess we should. I, we should say it's episode one eighty eight of the Simian Podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick. It is. <laughs> yes. We ended last week on such a laughing matter, and then I start this week. <laughs> I sprang my thumb today, so it's. I can't even. You know, when your thumb is out of commission, it's a big deal. And then, and then I forgot my computer. Shut up, I heard that. And then I forgot my computer like when I got home from work, so I had to take all the kids back up to the office with me and get the computer so we could record. And I'm tired because I couldn't sleep because I, I like have congestion. And then these lights won't work on my Wi-Fi all over the whole house. And then there's an echo. You got like smart lights? So yeah. you like Alexa, turn on light number two. No, well, it's they're on our phone, and we can like make them go dim and like orange. And so, like at night, and we've got them all over the house. So at night, like the house is like dim and like a warm glow. Okay. And they're not, none of them are working, and they, I don't know what's the deal. And I just this is first world problems, and I just need to get over myself, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke for two. <laughs> But the turd won't listen. Get yourself, Jackson. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, so this is the Human Podcast. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today on today's show. And this is another one. It's it's either it's C A B R A L. I don't know if it's Cabral or Cabral. Cabral is what I'm going to guess. Stephen Cabral. I'm going to go with the opposite. I'm going to go to Cat, uh, what did you say? Cabral? Cabral is what I'm going with. I'm going to go with Cabral. Okay. And he sent me his book. It's called The Rain Barrel Effect. And it came on Saturday. And I've been able to just kind of skim through it. Um, and it's it's fascinating. And Stephen Cabral is a board certified naturopathic doctor and founder of the Cabral Wellness Institute and StephenCabral.com. I sure hope I'm saying his name correctly. At 17 years old, Stephen was diagnosed with a life-altering illness, given no hope for recovery. Every day, he suffered endlessly for many years. Sorry about the echo, people. There's nothing I can do about it, and it's angering me. I'm, I'm about to turn into the Hulk and punch the computer. It was only after Stephen traveled all over the world and discovered how to combine ancient Ayurvedic healing practices with state-of-the-art naturopathic and functional medicine did he understand how to fully rebalance the body and re-energize it with life. So we're going to call uh, Dr. 
C. Okay. In like five minutes, but first, a one-up game, which they mentioned us on Facebook, but their their link won't work. Like I click the link and I click no, no, the link. No, 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 no. Like I, I emailed the lady. She's she got it fixed. Oh, it's so I'm gonna buy it. She said it's good. So okay, so I'm gonna buy it, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. So, okay, so if if you're not aware, if you didn't listen to the last show, it's a card game. You play at parties, and basically the idea is everyone goes around and tries to one up the other person with a better story. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, this is like I do this just right. in my I real life. Just... Yeah, this is a good game. Yeah. So today's card is <laughs> tell a story involving urine. I have a good Mark, one. I have a good one. I defer to you. Go ahead. There's no way you're going to be. There's no way you're going to be. God, this echo. <laughs> disagree, but okay. Echo. <sighs> okay, so this Quit happened. Do what? Quit fixating. I know. I'm fetishizing. So this happened to my brother. Um, so he had like his wife's cousin was a, is a pilot, and so he would fly into LaGuardia. Occasionally, I might even t- we told this story. Jeff came and told this story early, early, early on. So it's going to be okay to tell it again. Yeah, so, um, so this cousin of his of his wife would like lay over in Laguardia for like six hours, and so he would like come sleep at their house at, from like one a.m. to like five a.m. and then just sleep for a second, and then go back because he'd have a flight out. You know, it's like one of those deals. So we'd have to like sleep in the airport. And their apartment in New York was super, super tiny, and you could. There's one bathroom right next to the bedroom, and you could hear everything. And if I keep talking really loud, the echo doesn't interfere. So, um, sorry. So he he was like the most considerate person ever. So he would like you would never even know he was there. Like sometimes Jeff would like get up and like forget that he was there. So he wakes up one morning, and Allison had like forgotten to even tell him that uh, we'll call him grant i don't know if that's his name we'll just say he's grant that grant was even there but there was this water bottle on the like kitchen table like like one of those nalgene bottles with like the lid screwed on and jeff was like what is that this is before they had kids it's like yeah i could sleep like you know noon or something so he's like what What is that so he like takes this thing and opens it up and like sniffs it to see it's like apple juice or something and he sniffs it and he's like that's pee there is a there is a bottle of pee on our our coffee table, and he's like, like imagine if you have no idea that anyone's in your house, you wake up and there's a bottle of pee on your coffee table. He's like, Mark, where are you? Right, right. Mark is hiding under the couch somewhere. So what ended up happening was Grant didn't want to like use the bathroom and like wake him up because he if he was gonna pee in the toilet. Then he would have to flush the toilet. He couldn't leave pee in the toilet. And he didn't want to like flush the loud whoa, toilet. Whoa, 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 whoa. Since when can you not leave pee in the toilet? Well, if you're a guest at someone's house and they have one toilet, you don't want to like leave like like he he's considerate, right? He doesn't want to leave pee in the toilet. I, is is he well hydrated? Like probably I feel like not. if you're well hydrated, you can absolutely leave that in there because, you know, if it's yellow, let it mellow. And if it's brown, eat it down. Well, eat oh. Oh, this is kind of. Thanks. What? Flush it down. So he goes into Allison and he's like, "Like, what is this?" You know. So what they ended up realizing, 
I think about this time, if I remember the story right, like Jeff told it, so I may fact check me if you're really that <laughs> interested. And I think apparently Grant realized what had happened about halfway over the 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 country. He's like just flying along. Uh, four, uh, we're flying over ten thousand feet. Or if you look out your left window, you'll see. Right, right. And he's like, Oh God So he <laughs> he remembered that he peed in his he peed in his water bottle to not you call my brother in law, <laughs> tell them that I left a bottle of urine on his uh, uh Right. Thank you. So he so he's like Pees in a bottle, and it's like, well, I'll just pour this out. It's mi- it's a mi- it's middle of night, basically. When I wake up, nobody's gonna be outside. I'll just dump it into a into one of the like the, a bushes or something outside, and and nobody even know that I was here. Well, the one problem with that if you pee in a bottle, you need to remember to take it out with you. <laughs> and so, of course, he felt terrible. But Jeff thought it was like the funniest thing ever. But that's I thought I always thought that was so funny. Like he just remembered. Like it's like so he went from being the most considerate person ever. To, like you can't be. You couldn't be more inconsiderate. A bottle of urine. Yeah. In the kitchen, which is least considerate thing. Ever. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your story? Okay. So my story is uh, prior to working uh, at the police department that I work at now. I worked at a police department in the Oklahoma City area, Frag. and I applied for this police department I work at now, and uh, uh, they scheduled me for, like, so when you apply for a police job, like, you fill out this big, long, giant questionnaire called the Personal History Statement that's got questions like, you know, have you ever had sex with an animal? Right. Or, <laughs> it's like when you do, give blood. Yeah, do you use cocaine? It's like that times like a billion. Well, one of the questions in there was, have you ever... Uh, urinated in public and so I'm uh, uh, you know at this point I'm a 32 year old man of course I park yes and so uh, I worked that night in Oklahoma and I got off at 7 a.m. and I drove directly down to Texas to where I work at now for my interview and the interview is basically in between the filling out the personal history statement and the polygraph the purpose of the interview is to verify your questions on the statement so that when you go to polygraph, like it all corresponds, right? So on my question of did you uh, have you urinated in public, I of course put yes because I'm a human. And uh, <laughs> the ba- the background uh, investigator was like, okay, Check. it says on question number seventy nine that you urinated in public. Uh, <laughs> can you describe that? And I was like, oh well, I mean, I've I've uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've I've I've, I've urinated in public before. And she's like, when was the last time? And I was like, oh man, it's been at least uh, six, uh, seven. Uh, hours uh, from now, <laughs> oh, gosh, because God. I worked the night before, and when you work in the middle of the night and you have to pee, you literally just stop your car, right? And you right. Get out and pee. I may, like, I may or may not have done that with you one you. time <laughs> behind a dumpster. So, like there are plenty of times I would like be driving around, patrolling my neighborhoods, and I'd get to like a cul-de-sac where like all the houses are under construction, so yeah. nobody yeah. lives. And I'd be like, man, I gotta pee. All right, I'll just get out and pee right there and so when i tell her like oh it's been at least six gosh, seven hours probably she uh kind of blurts out laughing because she used to you know she was a cop and she you know thought it was <clears throat> funny and, and she looks at me and she was like uh so, so, oh uh, uh you uh urinated in public uh six or seven hours ago and i was like oh uh, yeah is that gonna be a thing i don't understand like that's what 
policemen do. I so that was my story involving uh, urine. Okay, well, see, yours happened to you. There is a guy he hadn't been on the show, but I don't know if you even know him. I went to I went, we were in school together. We actually lived together for a little while, and he was in like who? a what? Who? Who? I, I don't want to say his name because of the story I'm about to tell. Okay, fine. I'll tell you off air. So he's like at his job. And there was like there was like a work trip out to like corporate headquarters in like I don't know on the East Coast or something. And so he's sitting around with all like the higher ups. Um, typically headphones and fucking USB mic. What? Um, anyway, sorry. I, uh, our guest was uh, we're like messaging back and forth. So they're like all sitting around. This meeting is supposed to be starting, and there's like some delay with the technology. So they're all just kind of sitting around and like 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 chewing the cud as we say in Abilene, and just like kind of him hawing around. Him really. So one of the guys talks about uh, uh, this. The, oh, I, they're just telling crazy stories. It's the craziest thing you've ever done story is kind of deal, right? And he goes, well, one time I ran in a 5K naked with my father-in-law. <laughs> and they, it was like, like a naked race up in like Portland or something. I think that's a thing up, up there or something. And they all were like, ha, 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 laughing, ha, ha. And they were like, when was that? And he was like, oh, it was like two weekends ago. ha. <laughs> And he got fired the next week because of, because of it. Hey, listen, can we all come to an agreement yeah. as human beings in the human community, fellow fellow members of the human community, no matter whether you live in North America or South America or Europe or where have you? It's just, it's just pee. Like it's fine. Like yeah. it's just being it, naked. No, 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 no. Like you don't have to, like you know, flop it around or whatever. But yeah. like, come on, let's just say, hey, it's. It's pee. Like, let's, we all do it. Let's do it. We're all human. We're all human. Animals. Animals. Oh, this echo. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm going to hang up with you. going to be like this the whole time. Probably. I'm going to hang up with you and call, and call him. All right. Okay, bye. Can you hear me now? There it is. There we go. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, there doesn't seem to be an echo on my end when you guys are speaking. Actually, no, there is a. Yeah, and um, yeah, I've tried everything, and I do. Ha- I have like a mixer and a whole headset and USB and everything, and I don't know why it's doing this. Hopefully, it will just stop. It seems like okay. it just kind of comes and goes. Is it Doctor Cabral? It's Cabral. <sighs> Whoa, I was right. I was right. <laughs> I went with Cabral. Rick said Cabral, and I was like, "All right, that's what we're going with." And Rick wins again. I know. It's like 50-50 I get, so it's no big deal either yeah. way. Okay. Well, uh, Dr. Cabral, so the so we, we, we guessed on your the name pronunciation, and now we're going to guess your birthday, if that's okay. I'm ready. Okay. Yes. So I don't know. So Rick, will you explain? Mark, uh, okay. So uh, we we guess your birthday. We each get two guesses. Uh, don't say, uh, oh, my God, you're so close. Just literally yes or no, if you can abide by that. Okay. Okay, I will go first. I have been given the honors. I will say March 17th. No. no. Mark? Okay, I am holding his his signed book in my hands. So I, I'm feeling a connection. December 3rd. No. All right, one more guess. I will go with July 19th. No, oh, man, he's not giving away any clues, Rick. Normally, he told me. He told I know, no, you're you're, you're following you're following instructions. Most people will be like, "Ooh, no," yeah. or, you know, like there'll be some sort of hint 
in the in the tone. All right, I'm, I'm holding, a rule follower. Right? You are. I'm holding yeah. the book, and I'm going to go January nineteenth. That's the, no. what is it? Oh. First guess was the closest. March twenty sixth. Whoa! Oh my God, I was so close. Man, you were so close. Oh God! So did you say it was at March twenty sixth? That's correct. Okay, so Rick, I mentioned my sister-in-law Allison in the in the crosstalk. Her birthday is March twenty-sixth. Well, hey, really? how about Jason? That? Jason Kidd, uh, NBA Hall of Famer, was born March twenty-third. How do you know that? <laughs> because I used to send him a birthday. <laughs> no. What day for the Mavericks? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so let's get right to it. So, Doctor Cabral, we have I've, we've read your intro, so the listeners kind of know. Your story starting from 17 years old, but we want to hear from your uh, mouth. Will you kind of give us your story and kind of get us to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. This is um, so I'm a board certified naturopathic doctor, but you know, to be honest, I grew up in Medford, Massachusetts, and I like to say no one had any idea what that was. You know, when I was growing up 20 years ago. So the issue was this: is that I went to the very best conventional medicine doctors in Boston. And literally saw the top specialist. But the problem was that since nothing was truly wrong with my blood work, they didn't know what to diagnose me with. So since they couldn't diagnose me, they couldn't point me in the proper direction in order to get well. So they told me I was either going to have to get much worse and they could diagnose me with the disease or I would eventually come up with some new symptom and they'd be able to then say, okay, now we figured it out. He's like, so just, so they're, they're like, so just keep getting worse. That's our prog- That's our, our recommendation is to get as worse as you can, and then we'll know something. <laughs> Two dozen specialists to get that. Oh that's my the truth. Like literally, what wow. some people would say it was all in my head, but even though I'd swollen glands literally outside to the side of my ears, oh. the size of golf balls under the armpits, every everything, you know, all those glands were swollen basically, and I my. You know, my blood sugar was off, my cortisol was off, everything was off, but it wasn't bad enough yet. Well, eventually, two years later, it did. And then I got diagnosed with what's called Addison's disease, myalgic encephalomyelitis, type 2 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis. Whoa. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and then they got the, you know, the famous chronic fatigue base, you know, chronic fatigue immunodeficiency syndrome. Right. So at that point, I was then given a cocktail of medicine. And of course, of course, it helped with a lot of the symptoms. But the issue was when I started to read about all the long-term effects of these things, um, it was something that I just didn't believe was right for me. And so I said, there has to be another way. And that's when I went and decided to go back to school. I um, did my internships overseas in China, Sri Lanka, India, and the Netherlands, basically in Europe. And I was there to study all the different forms of medicine because I just figured that since conventional medicine, the best form of medicine supposedly in the world, couldn't get me better, that there had to be another way to finally heal my body. And, and by traveling around, by studying, by reading thousands of books, by you know really understanding under certain mentors that there's always a way in order to heal the body if you continue to ask why, why it developed there in the first place. So I will I will take a quick uh, detour. Your, your office... Or your your clinic is in Boston, is that correct? It's in Boston, but about eighty percent of our practice now is virtual oh over Skype. Are you are you a Boston native? A native. I am. Yes. I am. Yes. Are you excited <laughs> about what just happened? <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry, I just missed. That are you so, are you like in, on cloud nine because of what just happened to your baseball team? The the parade literally goes by my office in Boylston Street. Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> big, big day on Wednesday. Yeah, man. 
You and Sully and uh, Patty are going to go get some crab cakes and some Sammy's. Hey! <laughs> I don't get too close to the festivities, but uh, it is nice to be able to water wash it. Oh, man. Yeah, so we have a friend that's from, like, literally from Dallas who has somehow adopted the Red Sox. Like, and he just, like, thinks he's, uh, like, from, like, if you're from Boston or, like, have some sort of connection or reason, that, but he has no reason other than, like, he, they're just good. And uh, and so we That's give really odd. yeah we give him a hard time about it. But oh, Ian Kinsler, former Ranger, uh, so happy to see him uh, uh, win one. And he almost cost it in bottom of the thirteenth. Ian Kinsler almost cost you the series. <laughs> that was a turning point. Is, too like I mean, so I was a fan, and, you know, growing up. So until two thousand four, there was not a lot to sell it. Right. So we can enjoy it now. Yeah. Now. Is this the third one since third? Third? Third. Golly. Oh four and then eleven? What was the second one? I don't remember. Seven, I thought. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe it was seven. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was three years later. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. Eleven was St. Louis. That was the year of the Rangers. Oh, how yeah, why would I say that? Because I'm just uh we're Rangers fans and they got two strikes away. One strike away twice. Let's, let's not talk about that. Okay. Yeah, let's not let's not spiral me into complete depression, right? Right. Like, uh, I need to talk. Sort of <laughs> okay, so away from baseball, back to medicine. So you grew up in, you know, in a country where there we, we practice Western medicine because that is the the direction of if, depending on where you're looking at a map. And then you went and trained over in what's considered the Eastern form of medicine. Is it possible to to like integrate them? Is it can you can you can you do one and the other at the same time? Well, that's what, I, that's what I try to do in my practice today. It's understanding that literally every form of medicine can be truly beneficial for people, Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, but you need to know when to use what modality with what, with what person. So for me, what I found overseas was that the majority of people could heal, but there were use for that person based on the actual condition. So what we do is we use state-of-the-art lab testing. We use um, at-home blood testing, urine-based testing, hair tissue mineral analysis, saliva, based on whatever we need to look at, whether it's gut-based issues, hormone issues, etc. And then we can use all the Eastern and Western-based forms once we find out what's actually wrong with them in order to be able to help them heal the body. Cool. And there, there's something that, uh, actually, Rick, you'll find this amusing. I went and talked to the Hardin-Simmons, a local college, a Division three college here in Abilene. I went and talked to the Hardin-Simmons track team yesterday about mindfulness. And one of the things that uh, we talked about was that things that have been around the longest typically are like the most robust and are going to be around in the future the longest. An example of that is like the wheel. The wheel was like one of the, like man's first invention. And the wheel... Is not going anywhere. Like even yeah. if we're like flying cars around in the air, there's still going to be like wheels and like gears and things like within the things. And so like and then if like the extreme of that is like the iPhone 10 is like the most like you know an example of a very recent invention that's not going to be around for another year. Um, and so a lot of times when I, another example that I use there is like acupuncture, mindfulness, all these sort of ancient practices. If they're still around, that means there's some sort of effectiveness. There's some sort of benefit to it or, or they wouldn't be around it's like if the first time somebody got a headache and they were like hit him hit him in the face with a rock as hard as you can and that guy died and they were like okay um that didn't work right so we need to find something else so is that is that kind of do you agree with that is that sort of how you look at sort of this ancient eastern like some of these practices 
Well, not only that, I mean, Ayurvedic medicine is the original form of medicine. It's 6,000 years old. But when I was over studying in India, there were pharmaceutical reps from basically every company working with the doctors there to find the herbs to then be able to use them to patent drugs. Because about 50% of all pharmaceuticals come from herbs, and they're just extracted patented forms of it. Right. So the best example is a statin-based drug, right? It's a multi-billion dollar drug. Well, you're looking at an extract from red yeast rice. Yes. You could use the red yeast rice, but it's not patentable. Huh. So when you look at those types of things, you can say, not only um, you know, can we use it a thousand years from now, but without a doubt, it, it teaches about foundational-based approaches. And so we like to, you know, in conventional medicine, the reason why I start to mask some of those symptoms is because that's what it does. It's a really good Band-Aid-based approach, but it's not ever getting at the foundation, which is what the Eastern-based philosophies preach. Right. So that's one of the things in your book is, that, I, that I saw was like the Band-Aid-based approach. So let's, let's talk about that. Like why Band-Aids are good. Hey, I got to cut on my finger. I put a Band-Aid on. That's good. So why, why is that not maybe the best thing when you're looking to like be the healthiest version of yourself? Actually, that's a, so that's a really good point. Now, if there's an acute-based issue, so that's why I'm never against any form of medicine. That includes conventional medicine. I have a lot of medical doctors um, in my practice as basically private wellness concierge clients because that's the type of practice that we run. Um, and so they say all the time, I would love to be doing what you're doing, but I can't. That's not what health insurance allows. Right. It's not what's dictated. I just can't do it. And I totally understand that. And, you know, the truth is that the majority of people in the world just want the pill. They don't want to necessarily do the lifestyle and things. Right. But the truth is that they never, they don't know what it's like to feel fantastic. They don't know what it's like to feel with a ton of energy and to be at their, you know, most lively state, the most vibrant state. And so that's what we want to get people to. Now, so for acute-based issues, conventional medicine is the best. You're having a heart attack, a stroke, go to your emergency room, you're not going to call me, right? right. But for all chronic-based conditions, conventional medicine has no answer. There's literally, if you have high blood pressure, you're going to be put on a beta blocker. Beta blocker. Right. You're going to be put on, if you're going to be, uh, have high cholesterol, you're put on a statin. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, you're going to be put on a biologic drug. There's no answer for it because they don't go back to the beginning stages of the disease. They right. basically treat the symptoms. Right. Yeah. And, um, oh, there's like, four, as you're talking, there's like seven different things that I'm like, ooh, oh, yeah, that's, that's, let's go that direction. And then, oh, yeah, let's go that direction. Um, so I, whatever I was just thinking will come back to me. But um, let's let's talk about like, okay, the underlying root causes. And let's talk about inflammation. So like, that's another thing. It's like inflammation is kind of like the harbinger of, of disease, if you, th you know. And so, but, but why, in your opinion, like why is inflammation not a disease? Like you say that inflammation is not a disease, but like, so what do you mean by that? And is it kind of like the breeding ground for disease? Without a doubt. And so that's basically two different things. So right. I started talking about this a couple of years ago um, on my podcast and people said, well, what do you mean inflammation is in attributed to 90% of diseases out there? And I said, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. But the issue is this, that inflammation is not a root cause. So if you're giving someone... God, sorry about that stupid echo. ...a drug, that's the conventional medicine way. What the natural health way is that we use turmeric and cat's claw and a lot of herbs to squelch inflammation. But the problem is we don't know what that inflammation is coming from. So we have to go dig deeper to figure out what the inflammation is coming from so that we're able to enable people to truly heal and not just work on the symptoms again of inflammation. Right, right. Um, so the, the, the book, let's talk about the book, The Rain Barrel Effect. Like when I first looked at the title, I was like, okay, hmm, I'm not really sure. 
like where he's going with that. Like, what does that mean? And then as I'm kind of skimming through the book, I would have, I would have read it more. It came on Friday and we had like family in my son's birthday party was this weekend. We had like all the family in. So I wasn't able, actually my sister-in-law, uh, we're sitting around on Saturday, um, after the party and everyone's kind of, you know, we're trying to, I'm trying to host and do all this thing. And my sister-in-law is like, got your book like wrapped up in a blanket and she's like reading and she got like halfway through it like reading every page i was like hey you're gonna have to like tell me like uh about the book like she just like started like skimming through it and just couldn't stop she couldn't put it down so let's talk about it. without giving it away like can you explain what the rain barrel effect is sure and, and you know even if i were to give it away i mean this is this is a book that's pared down from 800 pages to just what's the most essential right and it really goes through the journey of, we work, I mean, we've worked with a quarter million people in my practice. So we have so much data over the last 18 years. And what I did was I looked at all of the reasons why people are getting sick. So we went over the top 10 toxins that are really filling up people's rain barrels. And the problem with the whole rain barrel effect is that you're not truly getting to the root cause. Again, you're looking at all the symptoms that fills up that rain barrel. What happens is as it starts to overflow, we now have all the symptoms of disease, which is typically the only time we're looking at that. And the last half of the book goes through the actual de-stress protocol and able to help people get well and, and repair their body. Many, many so years. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Allow me. So for John and Jake, Jane Q. Public, like what or QSAC. every day they need to uh, take care of to avoid this kind of stuff? So just a few of the toxins are everyday things that you can look at, which are, I mean, honestly, it's the chlorine in tap water, the chlorine if you're not using a shower filter, you're breathing that all in, it's going into your lungs, it's going right to your bloodstream as a vapor. So that's creating free radical damage. We're taking in aluminum in our tap water. That aluminum can lead to things like um, heavy metal free radical damage in the brain, which leads to then eventually Alzheimer's. And again, there's Alzheimer's is multidimensional, but heavy metals is certainly a contributor to it. So then we look at all sorts of the pesticides and glyphosate on foods and how that begins to not only affect our body's uh, ability to fight off cancer and other, and other base, base issues, but it also uh, starts to destroy a lot of the good gut bacteria in our gut, which we know controls 80% of the immune system. So I drink almost exclusively tap water. Should I not be doing that? Well, you can drink the tap water. I just recommend in using a filter such as the Berkey filter or maybe a reverse osmosis and adding back in the trace minerals. Um, much better because you don't need to take in that fluoride. You don't need to take in that chlorine or that, the uh, aluminum. And then, you know, keep in mind, in my book I speak about this as well, but there's over, um, well, I should say this, that the majority of water right now that you're drinking is actually recycled and cleaned and filtered uh, sewage water that also contains pharmaceuticals. So it's pretty scary stuff when you look at it. So, Rick, guess what? What? I have a reverse osmosis system in my, that I, so it's water I drink, so ha. Huh. Well, I have a uh, system where I turn the tap on, <laughs> and I put my mouth under it, and I just chug and chug and chug. Rick, uh, so that or the garden hose. You so might yeah. as well just di like dip your head into the, your toilet and just start sucking the water out of your toilet. <laughs> well, just go drink uh, HIV blood <laughs> straight from the source. Well, well and <laughs> Mike, yeah. <laughs> So one of the things in your book, well, in the rain barrel effect, talks about like you have all these things that are happening and then on top of all these other things, this is like where the disease comes in. And so I, many years ago, I wrote a blog post on my website, which I hardly ever uh, 
uh, update anymore, but I called it the one-two punch. And it was like, if you are as healthy as you can possibly be, you and you are uh, uh, exposed to like a, a, a cold uh, flu virus, and you are functioning at 100% capacity, your immune system is designed to, f- to fend that off. So that's like, it, that's the one punch. If, if it's just the first thing, nothing's going to happen. But it takes that kind of, that first kind of jab for something to, to weaken your immune system or to get you in a point where you are susceptible to that virus. Is that kind of the same idea? Is it like, like you need some sort of pre-event to make you susceptible to the thing? And if you weren't, if you were like completely free of all toxins and everything, then whatever the disease was, your, your body would sort of naturally be able to fight that off? Without a doubt. So I call that the three triggers of disease. So first, there's a genetic predisposition, but honestly, genetics matter very little until you get to the second step, which is the environment. So it's the diet. You know, For example, for me, I took 3,000 capsules of amoxicillin between the ages of 14 and 17, Jeez. prescribed to me by a dermatologist for some minor acne. So that was setting the stage. That was the environment. Plus, I was drinking Kool-Aid and eating little mm-hmm. Debbie snacks in high school and, you know, like all the stuff that you would do if you grew up in Medford, Massachusetts. Right. So then what happened, though, was then I went into my senior year, tons of stress with taking the SATs and, you know, wanting to excel in sports and all that stuff that goes along with senior year. And that was basically the trigger event. The trigger event was I got I tore my Achilles tendon um, playing a sport in the fall season. I was in a lot of pain. It caused a lot of um stress and all that into my life and that was the triggering event all of a sudden then i have all the immune-based issues after. right yeah yeah and so that's where i tried to oh yeah so we were talking about water Lacroix is a thing and and so i i don't know i don't know what uh you know i don't know what your you can you can give your opinion on Lacroix. but this article you know the study came out here recently it's a chicago-based law firm is like filing this uh, thing because they found like uh, a like poison that was in the natural flavor, and when you like dig a little bit deeper into it, it's like the the stuff lanolin or whatever it was is like well this like when you put it in your eyes, it's like it causes eye irritation, and it's like but it came from the extract of like a, a orange peel, so it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier, like you're extracting stuff that's not patentable, but like we're gonna extract the orange peel stuff, put that as a natural flavor, but then you find that, oh, no, that makes your eyes irritated. Well, of course it makes your eyes irritated. If you squeeze an orange in your face, your eyes are going to get irritated. So it's kind of yes. that idea. So so talk, did you did you see that and have any opinions on the whole LaCroix, Topa Chico, sparkling water craze that's happening? You know, honestly, I don't know uh, all of that, so I don't want to really comment on that. Yeah. But what I can say is, you know, you really you do need to look at other drinks besides water as being potentially harmful. Meaning we see a lot of these neon colored drinks, which the LaCroix, LaCroix aren't. But when you see a, a drink that glows in the dark, essentially as like yellow, blue or red, you know that there's some type of dye in there. People yeah. don't know, but that's actually paint. So it says like Jeez. yellow five or red two or whatever it might be. Those are literally what gives paint pigment. So that those can cause serious neurological issues, especially with kids with ADD, ADHD as well. Right. Okay. So um, how do you help? So you get this rain barrel. Okay. So somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, well, I'm not sick right now. So obviously like I'm not overflowing uh, into the neighbor's yard right now with my rain barrel. But like, so what, but I'm about to. So what can I do? And I know one thing you mentioned in your book and one thing that I've been kind of particularly... 
I don't know. It's it's like you read about some of the stuff and you're like, well, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see that and that's going to just go away. And it's like <laughs> the whole like EMF, like the cell phone right. stuff and like Wi-Fi and all that. And I've read like some of Jack Cruz's stuff <laughs> on EMF and it's very scary. And it's like, like you say in your book, like, okay, we're, like you're not just going to, unless you're going to go be like Jeremiah Johnson in the woods, you're not just going to like throw your phone into the lake and move to there's really nowhere you can move now that you're not getting any Wi-Fi. But like, what what can you do, like with in this phone uh, context to sort of cut down on some of that electromagnetic stuff? So that is the goal. I mean, the goal is that we live in the real world and we have to do our best. But right now, there's over seventy-seven thousand man-made toxins in the United States alone. Like that, that is just since the 1950s. And so we look at that, we know that at least 50% of those 77,000 have all been shown to cause cancer. We need to begin to look at what we're coming exposed to. So in terms of EMFs, we're not going to go without our cell phone. We're not going to go probably without our laptop. But what we need to do is make sure that we don't have a lot of Wi-Fi in the bedroom. We're spending eight hours typically or so a night there. So we want to make sure that we're not getting all the Bluetooth and all the, wi- uh, the Wi-Fi modems and all the electronics in that bedroom. Try to keep it as simple as possible. And you can even use an EMF meter to be able to test the electric frequencies um, and radiation in the room itself. Okay, that makes sense. And like you, I noticed like in the beginning of your book, you have two daughters, is that correct? That's correct. I also have two daughters. Um, and so with kids... You know, what can you do to really kind of help them? What are some like guidelines you can set up with kids as far as, you know, kind of helping mitigate some of this stuff? Well, one of the biggest uh, toxins that we get is through our food and also it's through our beverages, our water. That's what we're consuming in our body on a daily basis. With kids, they're not using as much of the cosmetics and bath products, but those are important. So anything that touches the skin or they put in their mouth, we need to make sure that we're making sure that that's a clean, organic-based product. If it touches the skin, the skin is porous. It's absorbable. So that should be food-based. And if you wouldn't consume it in your mouth, don't put it on your skin. It's Ooh. really, really important to look Ooh, at. Ooh, that's so good. So with my daughter, yeah. Well, I was going to say, that's a good like kind of rule uh, to go by. Because you are eating it. Literally, yeah. your skin is absorbing that, but it's going directly into your bloodstream. So it's almost more important, whatever you put on your skin, that it is just as clean as what you would put in your mouth. And so... Um, I try to teach people as well, not just my kids, is that you know, you're going by what's called the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. So other parents, if you can't purchase all organic, at least purchase what's called the clean 15 and dirty dozen. So the clean 15, you could purchase conventional-based. It has some pesticide, but you can wash it off. The dirty dozen, you can't wash off the pesticides, which means essentially you're eating bug spray, which can lead to cancer. So the dirty dozen, we need to purchase organic or not purchase at all. And you can find that at um, ewg.org. It's the Environmental Working Group. They'll give you the new updated list every year. ewg.org. Very cool. Okay, I'll write that down. Um, okay, so what is like, uh, we're going to, I want you to like kind of like promote your website and your book and everything else like that in just a second. But like, what is like a day in the life of Dr. Cabral? Like, how, like what do you, like, how, like your sleeping habits, like just kind of like what you do nutritionally and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So this has changed a lot for me. In order for me to really heal my body, I needed to wake up not like a you know firecracker out of bed. So I wake up slow. So I still wake up early in the morning. But what I do is I have about 60 minutes before the rest of the world awake. So I wake up a little earlier than everyone else. Um, I have the rest of my day to everyone that I see in my practice. 
But what I do is I always have three anchors a day. So every morning I'm waking up, I'm making a smoothie for myself. I'm doing something very nutritious for my body. I'm doing um, a daily fruit and vegetable blend, some greens, getting a lot of antioxidants in my body. And then after I break at lunch, I'm going for a walk. That calms my central nervous system, kind of relaxes my whole body. I have a good nutritious lunch, try to get outside, breathe some fresh air as fresh as I can get in the city. And then after that, I try to take a walk home, kind of decompress for the day. Uh, have dinner with my family, give my girls a bath, we do book time, all that type of stuff, and have a little bit of downtime at night. So what I try to do is just stick to those three main meals per day. Um, it's what I've, I've talked about, again, many, many times, is that we're, I used to be a part of the uh, more natural bodybuilding and eat every two and a half hours. The problem is that a lot of people's digestive system is not just, it's simply not robust enough. And they're not robust Especially 30% of all digestion or 30% of all energy goes towards digestion. So it's very, very um, energy draining for someone to be eating that often right. as well. Yeah, and then there's the whole intermittent fasting thing, which we talk about a lot on this. And that's not some like we had a, a comment one or, uh, once on our podcast on iTunes. It was like saying that intermittent fasting is like some fad. And I don't, I can't believe these guys are like into this fad. And it's like, God, it's you're like, still so mad about that. That was one out of like 1 million no, comments. No, no, no. Yes. But I'm saying it like, like it's not a fad. It's just like, uh, it's just how humans have eaten for like the majority of human life on earth. Like we, like our ancestors didn't eat every two hours. Like they didn't stop at 10 a.m. to have like their protein bar. My ancestor didn't wake up and eat fruity pebbles in the morning. <laughs> right. I feel like fruity pebbles was a very paleolithic kind of thing. It's well, red fruit on the box. It does. That's a great man. That is a good point. I hadn't thought Thank of that. You. Thank, Thank you, you Mark, for Thank saying you. that. <laughs> Excellent points there. Yes. Well, the same thing is just just as paleo is waking up to eating uh, a couple eggs and and chicken sausage as well. You know, that's just as paleo. Right, I would right. say is like, I don't know how, how that would have fit into our ancestry as well. But no, fasting <laughs> right. overnight. I mean, we're diphasic beings. So mm. we're going to bed with the dark and waking up with the light. You know, it's going to change per the season. But um, everyone, again, there's there's always a contradiction for about 1% or percent so of population. population. But really, unless you're hypoglycemic with adrenal-based issues, right. Doing a 12-hour fast from 7 at night to 7 in the morning or 8 at night to 8 in the morning, or ideally a little earlier, is, is a great thing for most people. I try to get Rick to go on like a 100-hour a, a fast of no food or water so he will die, but he, don't, he won't. <laughs> I will typically intense. That is intense. <laughs> from about 7 p.m. until about noon the next day. Like I don't usually yeah. eat breakfast. I may drink some coffee, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit of that stuff going on. Yeah. Do you? What do you think about grounding? Is that a thing that you do? I, I do like grounding. I'm, I'm I much prefer non-technology based gadgets for grounding rather than grounding With tools. But I'm not against yeah. them. Yeah. But doing grounding where you walk outside barefoot in the morning, like on the grass, absolutely fantastic. Or if you're near the ocean and get on a beach, I mean that that is legitimate. You get all you get what's called negative ions to enter your body and also breathe them in with the air right around the ocean. There's a reason why people feel great when they At go the to the ocean. beach and they're around the ocean. It's not just relaxation. It's actually being in an area that is filling you with these negative ions. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so we went to we went to the beach this summer, and we already booked. Like we're going to the beach again in August, and it's like oh, it's like ten months away. But uh, you're close to the to the ocean. Being in Boston, that Rick, that's the geography lesson. Yes, <laughs> you are correct. Yes. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about your book. Where can you buy it? Where's your website? Promote promote all your stuff. 
Well, for me, the, the Daily Show is the Cabral concept on iTunes. That's where I talk every day for a half hour on a health-based topic, whether it be intermittent fasting, how long you should fast, if you should fast till noon, because that's not the right thing for every single person. Right. Some people it's fine for. So I go through all of that. I also talk about the um, at-home functional medicine lab test that anyone can run to really figure out what the root cause is of their underlying health conditions. Because the truth is, whether it's an autoimmune-based issue, a gut issue, migraine, psoriasis, you name it, you can figure it out. And we can do that now through state-of-the-art med uh, lab testing. And I do speak quite a bit about that in my book, The Rain Barrel Effect, which is available on Amazon um, or my website. But your copy, oh, 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 regular listener, will not have an autographed copy like I oh, have. Oh, may not. <laughs> not the Mark Rogers treatment there. Okay. Okay, awesome. All right, well, okay, last thing. What we ask us this, and I will say this, like we just, I mean, we scratched the tiniest little surface of all this stuff, and I would love to have you back on at some point. Um, but I'm going to ask you the que- a question we ask all of our new guests, and that is, what is one thing you enjoy about life or something you do that makes life more enjoyable? For me, without a doubt, it's my daily podcast. And I don't know if that's a good answer or a bad answer, but what I started doing it for was to basically spread my message of what I've seen work in my own life and in my practice. And, you know, we've grown from just 100 people or so listening to to quite a few every single day. And the unsolicited success stories and just people commenting back on literally free information is is energizing me to keep going with that daily show and cool. we're going to hit actually um our thousandth show this this uh, Thursday. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you do daily? Daily, daily show. show. Man, what a whip. <laughs> we did this weekly and we're like <laughs> we get struggling for content. So I I appreciate the effort you put into doing a daily podcast. Well, he's just he's just reading the Harry Potter series is all he does. He just starts 30 minutes a day Half and hour just, a day. Yeah, <laughs> just reading into the you know microphone. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Dr. Cabral, this has been awesome. Uh, I will uh, email you guys whenever the show goes up. I'm actually going to be out of town this weekend, so it'll probably be sometime early to middle of next week that the show will go up, but I will let you guys know when it goes up. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Cool. All right. We'll talk to you soon. I was going to make make fart noises, but I learned my lesson from last week. Dr. Cabral, are you still there? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we can make fart noises. God, I wish, I wish we would have recorded last week. If it was so hilarious Rick, when Rick. I heard her just laughing nonstop, I was like, "What have I done?" If <laughs> that was pretty funny, I took, I made, I cut that little part out and like exported it and converted it to MP3, so I could like just send that part to a bunch of people. You said that to me, and it was really yeah, funny. It was. I was. Uh, definitely a dolphin slash hyena laughing. I played it for my entire staff at work. Like, <laughs> like, cause I was like, I, cause I just, I just put the show up and I'm sitting at this coffee shop Friday morning, like, like producing or like editing the show. And I'm just like, I'm in tears laughing, you know, and people are like looking over at me like, what is that guy listening to? And so I had like, just, I just had on my phone. I was listening and I listened to it all the way to the office. Like again, after I had already done it and I was like, all right, you guys, like you got to hear this. This is just all of you who laughed at my misfortune. Hope that made. Uh, it just seems like when you're listening some to somebody like laughing hysterically, it's hard to not laugh. Right. At them. Hoping that most of you were on your way to work and you're work traffic like traffic. I was. Turn signal, turn signal. Ah, let me merge, let me merge. And you hear that, and I hope it made your day because 
<laughs> that might be the hardest I've laughed yeah, in a, in a long, long time. time. <laughs> well, I told I told you that I I went and talked to the Harden Simmons track team. I led off that talk with the party bus story. <laughs> That's such a great one. It is. What is from do what? What episode is it? It's like two or three. Yeah, it's early. It's yeah, really early. It might the, have been before I was your. It was. No, it definitely was, and it was the first humans being human story. Well. Because the first show didn't have a humans being human story. It was just. Uh, this is Mark. Uh, uh, Mark Rogers uh, broadcasting uh, uh, from a uh, truck stop bathroom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are not real, real great in here. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, let me turn my eyes away while you use the urinal. Uh, so, uh, health and wellness are really great things. Uh, like, sir, back. sir, will you please stop? Will you please stop tapping your foot in the stall next to me? <laughs> By the way, uh, that's a thing. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Let me. I feel like I'm gonna hijack things, but like, so my old partner uh, just promoted to sergeant, so I have no partner right now. And the <laughs> partner before that worked Vice for like a billion years. Miami. No, just regular Vice, Mark. Miami. And Miami. we started like talking about the kind of stuff you see when you work Vice. And what is Vice? Is, what is Miami Vice? What is that? Mark, shut up. What is Vice? Vice is like crimes against like public decency, I guess. And apparently, you can go to like any public park, like in America, at any time of day. And if you're a guy, you can that going on down there. And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, that's." Did you not know that? I was like, I did not know that. He's like, oh, yeah, we used to make a ton of cases at, like, uh, you know, the J.C. Penney's bathroom or the Embassy Suites bathroom. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, you just walk in and sit in a stall and tap your foot, and all of a sudden a dude would just crawl under the <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> this whole time, my entire life, I've been trying to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to convince girls to do that. <laughs> and I just I didn't know, like, just go to a public bathroom and jingle your keys or <laughs> clear your throat. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, how many times have I been in a public bathroom? And Tapping your foot. My throat, and someone's been like, <laughs> like rubbing their hands, like jumping over the stall wall. And I'm just, oh, no, I'm just <clears throat> I'm a frog in my throat, sir. I just, <laughs> no, please, please uh, leave me alone. Well, speaking. And he, and, and, and he physically, we drove to a park. And he drove through, and he's like, oh, uh, that's why that guy's here, and that's why that guy's here, oh my and God. that's why that guy over there by the trees, that's why he's there. And I was like, oh, my – like, there's a completely insane, seedy underbelly to, like, the layer of regular life that all of us live under. Like, oh, I'm going to go to Walmart. Well, <laughs> then you know if you go to Walmart and jingle your keys in the bathroom, some guy's going to jump on your back and start <laughs> massaging you. <laughs> Oh man, I wish I would have recorded uh, the, uh, the, the the original story because it was the most uh, wheels off thing I've ever. Well, been speaking of men's rooms, <laughs> okay. okay, echo is still happening, and I will tell you this: I I am turning, I am turning into a forty year old named Karen with three kids, and I have I am every time I hang up a call, I am uh, rating Skype with a one star and saying I'm hearing an echo. I hope I hope you're happy, Skype. You're like the person who leaves the Yelp review of yeah. the restaurant who, the food is good and the service was good, but I just had to wait too long for a table. Right. I, who has to wait 20 minutes to get a meal in this town? Well, what I was going to say 
was that I went to a Chewy's in downtown Fort Worth like two Fridays ago. Is it on Seventh uh, Street? Yes, that oh, one. Yeah, that's that's, a, uh, that's our go-to Chewy's. It's a great one. Yeah. I went into the men's room on the first floor, and I jingled my keys, and a yeah. guy jumped on and me. And I and I was listening to a new song that I liked, and I was tapping my foot along with the music. <laughs> <laughs> next, next thing I know, I'm in a wrestling match. Just a Greco-Roman style, just clothes ripped off, and we're just all over each other. It's like I've got you pinned, and he was like, "No, I've got you pinned." And you're like, oh my god! Why have you got me pinned? I, le- <laughs> I left my phone on the toilet paper dispenser. Oh man, yeah. I'm so paranoid about yeah, that. Yeah, when I even thought, as I when I put it up there, I thought, "I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I left that there?" Ha 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 ha. And I got up to my the table upstairs because there's an upstairs, and we're talking along. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna show you all this picture." And I'm like talking to the guys, and I was like, "Oh, what? Oh, oh, oh. So I go like running downstairs, and I go into this. I oh, kick this kick this stall open like uh, like uh, if that guy over there is uh, what was it from Dumb and Dumber? What is it? What was his name? For manly, for manly love. <laughs> <laughs> be here. <laughs> I forget the exact date. It was like March 23rd at 2:30 a.m. And I promise you, I was, up. I was watching that exact scene at like whatever the date was, March 20 21st at 2:30 a.m. And when that came up, and I was like, Oh my god! Uh, and like, like a screenshot and sent it to like everybody I know. Well, the, so like, yeah, Seabass was the guy's name. So I kicked the door no, open. No, 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 no. It was uh, Cam Neely. Uh, National Hockey League Hall of Famer playing the role of Seabass. Really? Yes, number eight for the uh, for, for Boston. He I've had his career I've... ruined by a super cheap shot by Ulf Samuelson of the uh, New York Rangers. So there you go. Need me. That's uh, continue your story. Neat. If you like. That was neat. So I kicked the door open like Seabass. There was like there was like some like guy in there who was like been tapping his foot. <laughs> <laughs> He's tapping his foot. He's kicks the door open. God, finally I've been tapping this thing for like 10 minutes over so, here. There was no no one in the stall and there was no phone and I was like oh We're my. just feeding the grocery bags and nobody knows <laughs> So I was like well, my phone's gone. I, I just lost my phone in the in the Chewy's bathroom so I went out into like the the, the hostess and I was like did anyone turn it in the phone and she like held my phone up and handed it to me and I was like I was like this has just been in the toilet. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> A guy definitely didn't rub his like uh, junk all over this phone. Here you go. Put it up to your face and make some phone calls. Gross. Man, oh. I, I, I'm super paranoid about that because I have two phones. Bragging montage. I have a, a personal phone, which is like an iPhone 1. Like it's a thousand years old and it's a super antique. And then I have a work phone, which is my iPhone 7. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to do all my stuff on this. It's so lightning fast. And so every time I'm in the bathroom, I'm like, oh, man. And I set it on the toilet paper dispenser. Yep. Uh, don't lose your phone. Don't yeah. walk out without your phone. Well, then, remember I told the story before. I and so I so I wouldn't do that. I sometimes I like I put it like well one time I was at the movies and I put it on my on my pants. What in between my knees? Like I set it right there, you know. And I forgot it was there. And so when I stood up and pulled my pants up, my phone like fell backwards into the toilet. <laughs> wait, wait! You did that on the toilet? Yeah, it fell in the toilet. <laughs> You idiot! I know. Did I ever tell you about the time I almost lost my toilet, my phone in the uh, porta potty at Texas Stadium? Oh my gosh! Oh Why? Porta potty. You Stadium. understand this? Uh, this is back in our days of uh, you know television sportsmen, and we would cover the Cowboys, and we would be on the field for the Cowboys yeah. games. 
Well, they had this disgusting porta potty at one side, and it was like never emptied ever. Ugh. Well, I'm there, and I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So I go in there, and I'm using the porta potty, and I'm holding my nose. And my phone rings, and I don't know why. This is like 2001. We're like, your phone to ring in 2001, and you'd be like, ah, I'll get it later. Instead of now, where you're like, oh my god, my whole life has to stop so I can answer my phone and see what the heck it is. Right. So I pull my phone out of my pocket, and it like slips out of my hands uh. like a soap, and I'm like, what the like, like I can see it going straight into the toilet, and it like went through my hands like four times, and I barely managed to catch it like in between my fingers right oh. before it fell into just just doo-doo-doo. it's like and that I'm, that deep uh, sorry. sorry what sorry i was gonna say it's like that deep thoughts with jack handy he's like if you ever drop your keys into a river of molten lava forget them because man they're gone I, I i started thinking like the entire rest of the game and i have no idea what's happening in the game and i'm like man if i would have dropped my phone in the doo-doo like do i mean i mean i just leave it there right oh yeah how would you do there's like, no way well, how would you it would sink there's no way you could fish it out of there oh you're right it would sink Ugh. that thing was 40 feet deep the whole rest of the and game your arm is like up to the elbow it's just kind of blue brownish <laughs> like stain oh, 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 that's so gross <laughs> by the way is there anything more disgusting than the porta potty like can oh. we figure out it's 2018 we can make a rocket ship that's got metal on it that can go from here to mars and back we can't make a porta potty that's not porta potty. well all the years of like the races that i did like that i mean I, I can't tell you how many times i've used a porta potty like to go to do the unspeakable thing in there very quickly have i ever told you my porta potty marathon story i don't maybe okay i've i i, I went to one marathon i don't know how it goes okay so right. i don't i don't understand the rules yeah <laughs> brand new well there's like 40 porta potties lined up and i'm like 20 minutes early and i come around the corner and if somebody comes out it's like oh let's pop right in and just you know do my thing and i come out and there's like a line of like a hundred people <laughs> and you just cut and in front of staring at me and i was like oh my god i didn't realize all you people had to be i'm sorry <laughs> like i felt like the biggest idiot of all time <laughs> one time i was running in the middle of a race and I was like, I didn't need to go. And there were all these people that were in the race that had like lined up. And I was like running, but I, like I had to run like in between the line and the porta potties for some reason. And like I I stopped and was like, and like stopped in front and was like, just kidding. And then just like kept running. <laughs> like why would I? Why wouldn't I have just kept running? Like to say I ran past these people and then I doo it in my pants and it just went all over the place. And I was like, ah, tough. <laughs> Deal Man, with. Man, I almost. I almost doo it all over myself in a half marathon in Austin once. That's enough. That is more than enough. Okay. All right. Well, we've spent plenty of time in. What's the What's the post cross talk? <laughs> uh. What we, potty, no, but what uh, do we well, what do we call it? Crosstalk is the beginning. What is is it still just called crosstalk? Just post interview crosstalk? Call it whatever it is. I don't okay. really care. This, All right. <laughs> this doctor's gonna be real mad at us when he listens. <laughs> Yeah, they followed up my interview with talking about crapping and peeing all over the place. <laughs> and nobody even listened to the interview because of the stupid echo. <laughs> By the way, oneupthisgame.com. I'm going to fix gonna... the link, supposedly. So if you uh, are interested in a card game, it would be fun fun times for all. Oneupthisgame.com. Yeah, that's so cool that they like mentioned this. I'm going to um, buy it now. Okay, Rick, that yes. is going to do it for this edition of the Simeon Podcast. And remember, it's Cabral. <sighs> <sighs>
Ah! Close, close. I was right! I was right! <laughs> so until next time, in... <laughs>